Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey, welcome back. It's Lisa. And today I wanted to talk about travel a little bit. Um, I'm getting kind of bored with IEPs. I just need a break. And we are having a fantastic week here in Pennsylvania. And all I'm thinking about is summer even though my kids have, I think, eight weeks of school. And actually, Kevin has longer than eight weeks. He goes another week or two after Brian lets out, and then he has a really long ESY. But anyway, um, just needed a break from IEPs, and I wanted to talk about travel and vacations, even if you don't go far. Um, I've shared before, Kevin was diagnosed at a really young age. He was only about eight or nine months old. And um, his geneticist, the geneticist, the first geneticist we saw was very familiar with his condition as she was studying it and researching it at the time. And during our first meeting with her, she had said that many families really just kind of gave up their life and centered it around their child and, and the disability and to you know she warned us to not do that to try to live as normal a life as possible and not forego um vacations and things like that do you know to not she said the parents were afraid to miss therapies and and things like that and to not do that and um we really took that to heart because we were travelers not exotic travelers, but we like to go places, and we we did that before we were married, or before we had kids, um, and wanted to continue to do that, um, and we still do that. Actually, right now in my, coming up in my time hop, um, is a trip to Orlando we took a few years ago, and I just, it just wasn't long enough. Um, we tried to fit too many parks into one week, and um, I really want to go back. But anyway, um, despite Kevin's, you know, he has some real challenges, um, you know, it may have altered the way we travel and how we plan things, but it hasn't really kept us down too much. Um, my in-laws recently moved near us. They live just, just the next town over. Um, but prior to that, they spent the previous 20 years in Arizona. And they spent a large portion of that time in Page, Arizona, which I don't know if you know where that is. Um, it's way up north. It's right on the Utah border. And it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, like, I live out here in suburban Chester County, and I live kind of in the farther, farther out suburbs where 
you wouldn't probably go past my town and still commute to the city, whereas some people who live near me might. But anyway, you would think, like, when I tell people where I live, and they're like, oh my gosh, you live all the way out there. Like, you would think I, I just said I, I live on the moon. They act like it's so far away, and I'm like 30 miles from Center City, Philadelphia. Um, but Page, Arizona, that literally is like the moon. Um, it's a five-hour drive from Phoenix. It's a five-hour drive from Las Vegas with literally nothing in between. My point being that we had been out there many times, not many, several times over the years and did just fine with Kevin. Um, we did not have the opportunity to take him there once he started having seizures, and I don't know... That's one that I don't know if I would have still done when his seizures were really, really bad. Um, just because you don't, there's no hospital. Um, <laughs> you know, you, some of these areas that you go to that are so remote, there's there's no hospital. Um, and should he find himself in a crisis, you know, we would have to drive down to Flagstaff, which is a good two or three hours away. Um to get to a hospital and even then like it's just not I'm not dogging on other towns but when you live near Philadelphia and New York City and other big cities where you have more sophisticated healthcare systems um you know Flagstaff Arizona just isn't as sophisticated and that's not a knock on them but you know I don't want to have to airlift my kid to Phoenix because he has a seizure disorder anyway um, my, but my kids have been out to the canyons and they've been out west and they've been to Orlando and they've been a lot of places and um, just a few tips I've learned along the way to just kind of give me peace of mind when you are traveling with a child who has significant medical issues um, one is that and Lord knows I dislike my insurance company, but I call them ahead of time before we leave and I tell them where we're going. And I ask them, you know, if something happens, are we covered? And I, I double check on that. And also, you know, what will I need a referral for? And what the what the process is. Because um, obviously, sometimes, you know, when, when you're out at the Grand Canyon, you're going to be out of network. Um, so I ask about that. I also, um, I have a great relationship with my, with Kevin's primary care pediatrician. Um, and I have a process set up with her if I need a referral in a hurry. Um, if it's an emergency situation and I need a referral. So I have that all set up. Um, you also want to check before you leave my insurance company and my pharmacies, well, I guess it's not the pharmacies, it's the insurance companies, um, but they're really, really strict about medications and when we can get refills and how many and all that. So, of course, you want to double check that before you leave. And um, if for some reason, you know, if the airlines would lose your luggage, what's the process? What do you do? You know, if you didn't take it in your carry-on and you put it in your luggage and they lose your luggage, you know, just have a plan for all of that. Um, many years ago, my dad and stepmom planned a trip to China. It was one of those, you know, like once in a lifetime things. They planned a trip to China 
And my stepmother got travel insurance and she actually ended up using it because right before they were due to leave, she had a uh, really bad gallbladder attack and had to get her gallbladder taken out. So, um, you know, that would have been a really, really expensive trip to not go on, which they had already paid for. And of course, nothing was refundable and all that. Um, they would have lost a big chunk of money if they had not had travel insurance. Um, I have had other friends who have kids with disabilities who have been hospitalized right before a trip as well. And they did lose out on money. Thankfully, it wasn't, it wasn't as much as a, as a trip to China. Um, but, you know, local be beach vacations and things like that, that they unfortunately either had to forfeit or just reschedule for another time, but take, you know, there's like a deposit and all that. But, you know, travel insurance seems kind of like unnecessary until you use it, you know, like all insurance. You think, what am I paying for? But, um, but it could happen. I also, I choose our lodging, um, <clears throat> especially like when we go to places like the Grand Canyon in Orlando, um, we found out that there was a, we go to DuPont Children's Hospital near here for most of our things, and um, they actually have a children's hospital in Orlando, and that was um, nice to look up and know that it was right there, um, but just knowing that it was there and looking at what was nearby I also make sure like what little food stores and pharmacies are nearby if I need them. Um, but the one travel tip that I have and, and parents think that I've heard, oh, well, you're lowering your expectations and I'm not lowering my expectations, um, is to just be realistic about where you can travel and how long and all that. Um, when I graduated from college, after I graduated from college, um, I lived in Italy for several months. And before I was going to come home, my then boyfriend, now husband, came over and spent about a month with me. And we did the whole thing of, you know, going around Italy and backpacking and trains and hostels and all that. Um, and we did a lot of walking and a lot of carrying our own things and all that, but you know, we were 23 or 24 years old and we, I don't think I could do that today. Um, you have to be realistic about what you can handle and what your kids can handle. Any parent will tell you that when you go on vacation, especially if you go to an amusement park like Disney, that parents and families tend to overdo it. And we do things like we expect our kids to forego naps and get on weird eating schedules. And they're oftentimes eating nutrition that is, you know, it's junk food. You're at an amusement park or you're, you know, you're at the beach or whatever. Um, they might be getting dehydrated because they forget to drink. You know, just all, it's just kind of like this perfect storm of things that happen and then kids have a meltdown and we get upset and it's like you know you could see it coming um you know if your child doesn't deal well 
with sensory things and overload and they need to stay on a strict um, food and bathroom schedule, well, then that's what you need to do. Um, I said earlier in this podcast that I wanted to go back to Orlando because I felt like we tried to fit too many parks into one week, which we did. We did um, SeaWorld, the Space Center, Legoland, and Universal. Um, But we also did two down days where we just stayed at the hotel, at the resort, and they had a little water park there and restaurants and things like that. But we, I made sure that we fit two days in there where we didn't go anywhere because my kids need that. I need that. Um, we're just, I'm not lowering my expectations. I'm just being realistic that my kids and I are not the type anymore that we can just go, go, go at amusement parks and attractions for 12 hours a day, five or six days straight, you know, it would have just blown up and exploded in my faces, in our faces. Um, if I want them, you know, if I want to have a nice long day at Universal, which, by the way, is two parks. I didn't know that until we got there. Um, I didn't realize that it was two big parks to see. Um, and we ended up staying there, you know, quite some time. But we had had a down day the day before. If, if I had spent the whole day at SeaWorld the day before and then, you know, get up early the next day, turn around and go to Universal... Um, you know, people get tired. So, um, I try to keep them on eating, same eating schedules. I try to get, um, healthy food in there, at least get them in, um, some fruit and yogurt for breakfast. If I know the rest of the day is going to be junk food. Um, but really just those, those expectations of, you know, what would we be doing right now if we were at home? And I want to experience what we're doing, but at the same time, you know, my child needs supports and accommodations. Um, And that not everything they do is related to their disability. Sometimes kids just get tired and get cranky, um, and it has nothing to do with their disability. Um, So that's really it. I'm looking forward to summer. We are doing a beach vacation Um, we are, I'm speaking at a conference in Cleveland in July. Um, if anyone would like to come out to that, it looks pretty interesting. It's, um, being held by the Brain Recovery Project. That's in the middle of July. Um, that's going to be, that's, I don't know. Google Maps tells me it's six and a half hours from Philadelphia to Cleveland by car. Um, so we shall see. It's going to be, I think that's the longest car. No, it's not the longest because we've been out west. We drove Denver to Page a couple of times, and that's a good 10 or 12 hours. But that's it. I hope you have a good travel vacation if you're going somewhere. Um, but just prepare, and please don't let let anything hold you back. If um, You might be surprised as long as you adjust what you're doing. I've just found that we have just as much fun and we can do vacations. Um, like I said, they're just they're just different. There's not going to be any you know backpacking through Europe and staying in hostels anymore. But um, but that doesn't mean that we can't have fun. So anyway, one more programming note, and that is um, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, 
I'm only going to be doing podcasts on Mondays and Wednesdays um, to just cut back on my workload a little bit over the summer. And that's it. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Wait.